Hello and welcome to the Every Bit of Life podcast. This is Stephen Robinson. And Melissa Sell. And this is episode one. In this episode, we're just going to be telling you a little bit about us and our approach to personal growth, our approach to improving what it's like to be us, share with you some ideas that you might find useful for improving what it's like to be you, and kind of set the stage for this season because we're, we're going to be kind of focusing in on relationships for this whole first season of the podcast. We're going to be kind of bouncing back and forth between sharing things that we found useful for improving our relationship, um, not only solving like the problems that we face, but also really moving into this type of relationship where we're actively creating things that we want. Do you know? So it's not just like constantly putting out fires. It's actually like, what could we improve about this relationship? Not because we should or because it's what you're supposed to do, but to make it more fun to be in, to make it a more enriching aspect of our life. And so as part of that, we'll be sharing ideas that we're playing with, um, successes and occasional failures that we have in terms <laughs> of maintaining perfect harmony with one another. And also probably answering some questions that we get, uh, either with people that we're working with individually, or sometimes people ask us questions on Facebook, or if you want to send us a question that you have about a specific situation that you're dealing with. So yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. It's going to be pretty informal, I think. Um, We wanted just a a format, a platform for having real conversations with you uh, about kind of subjects that are worth talking about, but that I feel like Sometimes you don't really get a lot of real talk on these on these subjects. You know, there's a lot of platitudes. There's a lot of like well-intentioned kind of personal growthy stuff. But in my experience, it doesn't always translate into creating the real kind of substantive changes that you want in the actual experiences and results that you're getting. And so that's what we're going to try to do here is just be real and uh, share useful ideas. Yeah, and. The, this whole thing for us evolved in a very interesting and kind of organic way. Like we didn't set out to be life coach, motivational people helpers in this way. You know, like we had very different kind of career starting out. But what we found along our journey, uh, it was a lot of useful tools, a lot of things that kind of deconstructed long held patterns, unseen mysterious um, things behind, like running the show of your life experience. And when we kind of started this business, this ever better life, it was just in this pursuit of perpetual improvement in that, you know, like our tagline, it's improving what it's like to be you. And so that that is every area of your life. It's relationships, it's your physical health, it's the thoughts you think every single day. And so it's just really exciting and fun to work with people on this level because it really does infiltrate everything about what it's like to be you. And I think relationships uh, for this season is such a good place to start because that's where it started for me. You know, the kind of our journey of getting to this place was, you know, Steve and I met in chiropractic school. And, you know, at first our relationship was just like, oh, this is so great. This person, he's oh, aligned with my my views on health and and he's fit and all of this stuff and our relationship will just be perfect. And then it wasn't. I was having, you know, these issues that I was like, oh, it was just the person I was in a relationship with. If I just get in a relationship with a new person, it'll be perfect. And so that's where uh, it was in the context of romantic relationships that uh, I really had to meet myself. I really had to get to know and get to learn the uh, the power of my perception and the patterns and the ways uh, way I was raised and how that was uh, 
contributing to consistent fighting and problems and issues and just like lack of harmony. I mean, mm-hmm. there was just a lack of harmony. And part of me was like, listen, this is just the way I am. This is just me. I've had these certain traumas or I have a certain background. I was raised in this certain way. I mean, are you willing to deal with with this dysfunction? And and Steve's kind of like a really, really uh, good problem solver, and he won't let it just be as it is. He's like, listen, I mean, if you're willing, let's let's work through this. And so that's really what we've been doing for the last eight and a half years. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> and, it's been a while. And um, and so yeah, that's what we're really excited to share with you. Like we've, I've just learned so much about myself, and we found that these tools are very helpful for the average individual who's just looking to like enjoy life more. Yeah. A couple of things just kind of came to mind as you were speaking. One of them is if like relationships is not your, if that's not the area that's the major concern for you right now, I would really encourage you to stick around anyway, because the ideas and the principles that we're going to be sharing with you are things that are really kind of pattern level. They, they are tools that you can use in any area of your life. Because that, that's one of the big things that I found in and, and kind of getting to know myself and, and coming to understand myself and like how I do what it's like to be me, how I create my experience of being, you know what I'm saying, for better or for worse. And also in working with other people is that I find that people tend to create good results and they tend to create bad results in various areas of their life um, in pretty much the same ways. Like they tend to do what doesn't work in the same ways in a whole bunch of different areas. And if you can really kind of cut through the content, if you can get past the fact that you're currently struggling with money or with relationship or with self-image or with motivation or you know procrastination or whatever, if we can strip the content away and look at like what exactly are you actually doing? What do you have to do in order to get this area of your life to not work any better than it is? You start to really discover kind of like the, it's, it's like the source code of, of your experience of being and it really gives you this tremendous ability to not necessarily to control in a kind of like dictatorial, like super self-disciplined, rigid way, but to influence a whole lot of the areas of, or the components really, of just like what it's like to be you, of your experience, like the things you're thinking, the things you're feeling, the things you're inclined to do. You know, that's one of my big things is this idea of engineering inclination. And we'll talk about that a lot later. But is there, are there things that I can do right here and right now? that will increase the probability that later this evening or tomorrow morning or a week from now, I will feel inclined to do things that will feel good to have done. These are the kind of questions that I started asking myself probably, gosh, 10 years ago now and have kind of refined more and more. And I've just found that there's certain questions that you can ask yourself. There are certain ideas that you can activate at the right moment um, that will really give you the ability to transcend or transform your experience so that you can actually, you know, you ever just snap out of a really negative state all of a sudden and you, you know, you don't know how, why it happened. You just went from feeling bad to feeling good. Very often it didn't just happen. There was something that shifted in your thinking. There was something that shifted in your perspective. There was something in your environment that changed that let you know, okay, it's time to start feeling better or, okay, it's time to start accessing my resources, really leveraging those resources. It's time to start getting my stuff together so I can move toward what I want or whatever. If you can become aware of what those things are, you don't have to wait around for those epiphanies. You can actually engineer those too. You can actually make yourself more receptible to that stuff to really accelerate the human learning process. And that's that's kind of really what all this is about. It's about learning how to use your intelligence more intelligently. And I think one thing that's really funny is anytime... Anytime I'm explaining to somebody what I do for the first time, like in a new format, right? So this is like episode one of this podcast, and so we got to do a little intro. 
And, you, you know, like we're li- I guess we're sort of life coaches in a way. That's sort of a way to describe what we do. It doesn't really feel particularly accurate because we're not like, yeah, keep it going. Yeah, that's great. You know, it, it's not really like coaching. It really is more about giving you a, a, a format, um, a capacity to kind of understand yourself and, and how you work. Like what is what it's like to be you made out of so that you can manipulate that, so that you can work with that, so that you can kind of take it apart and put it back together again. And it's funny, like, I mean, to say that we didn't start out to be personal growth people is an understatement. I hate it. I hated, like, positive thinking. I, I thought it was just <laughs> such crap. I, like, it, it annoyed me. I thought it was dumb. I thought people were just kind of full of it. Um, you know, your personal growth was not interesting to me at all. I'm not, like, a personal growth junkie. I'm kind of, like, an anti-personal growth personal growth person, which is sort of funny. Um, I just noticed at some point in my 20s, I, was, I became aware of the fact that I didn't really enjoy what it was like to be me a lot of the time. I spent a lot of time thinking thoughts that didn't really feel good to think and feeling feelings that I didn't necessarily want to be feeling. I was angry a lot. I was frustrated. I was irritated. I was impatient. I, was, I felt superior to other people, you know, in a way that wasn't fun. That w- it wasn't like a confidence boost. It was like I was aggravated by everyone and everyone was stupid and all this. And I just one day I realized I was on, the, on a track to become a really miserable old turd. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that was kind of like, I just That was your life path, yeah. It was sort of like, you know, Jesus. Like, this we won't is talk like, about my life path yet. Well, I would, I, would, like, I would overhear myself saying these things. And I would just look at like how curmudgeonly, and, and, or, you know, and it was just like, shit, I don't like this. I don't, I don't really, I, I'm becoming somebody I don't necessarily want to be. And so there, there was that. But at the same time, there was this recognition and there was this certainty that I could, that I could be totally different than I was. I was always really aware of this, that I had this ability to, to be way different than I happened to be in any given moment in time. And so because I was convinced that that was true, as soon as I noticed that there were, and that was just something I've always conviction of, kind of always had, when I noticed how I was on this path I didn't really want to be on, I became very interested and really pretty obsessed with how can I change these things? Like how can I make it so that the thought that is kind of proffered up to me by my you know, subconscious or unconscious or whatever, the thought that comes up for me to think. How can I make that thought better, more enriching, more fulfilling, more useful, more positive? How can I make that a, you know, kind of a more fun thing? And I became convinced that it was absolutely possible, and I started testing, and a lot of, a lot of the stuff in personal growth actually is a bunch of crap, I mean, in my opinion. So if you've ever felt that way, I don't think you're crazy. I think that probably 80 85% of stuff is, is just kind of platitude. It's just kind of vacuous nonsense, you know? And I mean, you know, a lot of it doesn't really mean anything. You know what I'm talking about? We've had experiences with that where it's like, what actually is this person saying here? And one of the things that I'm really committed to doing, and I'm, I might not always do a good job of this, but I'm always really committed to, I, I'm trying to communicate something to you. I might not always do the best job, but there's, I'm always actually trying to say something. There's a particular experience or something that I've had work for me in my life that I really am trying to articulate in a way that will make it accessible to you so that you can do your own version of that. And I find that, you know, one of the things that disappointed me early on in this was that it seemed like people were just talking about nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or they were just saying things that were designed to make the person feel good for a minute. But then when they went back into their life, what are you going to do to change that? Well, how is that actually going to be useful for me when it comes to actually changing my experience? Well, that was my, my experience in personal growth, I would say, came through the organization that we were uh, members of while we were in chiropractic school and I would get so revved up and it had very much uh, very similar to my background um, and kind of going to church and stuff where you would go and you'd have these kind of revivals (laughs) you'd go to a big seminar or you'd go to 
a um, like a weekend retreat. And that was something I did, you know, all throughout my youth, going to youth group and church and stuff. And it was, oh, yes, I got my answers. Like I go to this big event. I go to this big revival. I feel like I feel connected. I feel in tune. I feel like cleansed and enlightened and all of this stuff. And I'm like, mm, this is this was the thing. This was like a turning point for me. But I guess you kind of go through a certain number of turning points and you're just like, well, you know, it was really fun. It was really great. And I took like a million notes. But when I get back into my life on Monday morning, uh, there was a disconnect. And that I think, and you, you say you might not always do a good job, but I think you do a fabulous job of that communication, of getting to that experiential essence. And that's, I think, what we uh, what we love doing and what we found in our work to be very, is that ability to actually apply things in the moment, to take these big picture principles, to take these kind of like, re, you know, revival moments of like, oh, clarity and I get it, to, okay, well, how do I use that in the practical moments of my day-to-day life? How am I improving this right now experience? And instead of feeling trapped, instead of feeling stuck, instead of feeling like I I just have no other options other than to think Mm -hmm. and be the way I've always thunk and, and been, you start having this freedom. You start kind of like loosening Uh, these knots and you start seeing, oh, I have another choice here. I have another option. And that's how it kind of grew slowly for me was one, just like on faith saying, okay, they say there's another way. (laughs) Like Steve's telling me there's another way that I can operate my mind. There's another way. There are choices available to me that I can't see right now. So, (laughs) you know, my reactionary, um, just kind of reflexive way of responding to maybe something you said, you know, an invitation from my external world to feel mad, bad, sad, angry, whatever. There are choices. And so that really is so much what this is about is that 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 spark of awareness that makes you say, hmm, maybe I do have more control over the way that I feel, the way I'm responding in in this moment. Not last Sunday, not, you know, right now I can see something different. And when you start just kind of shining this light and, you know, all throughout this podcast and probably every single episode, you will hear us talk about awareness because awareness it is the key. I mean, if you want to just <laughs> have the key and go forth and listen to no more podcasts, just know it's going to come from your own conscious awareness. Awareness, uh, if you want to define awareness, mm-hmm. might be helpful for everyone because that's really the uh, the tool that is used in many different um, ways to get the results that you're looking for. Yeah, so that it's kind of the point. You know, it's like everything that we talk about, like we have something called the Everbitter Life Course, which is this 10-module. I mean, really, it's a super course, right? I mean, I've never encountered anything like it in terms of the amount of content that's in it. Like it's an actual practical, um, it, it, it's it's like a course that you would take maybe at a university or something like that, except for it's actually useful. You know, I, mean? I feel like it, it was extensive in the way that I remember classes being in school, but it's also immediately applicable. Um, and the, the purpose of that entire course, and it's, it's kind of like my baby, I put a lot into it, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, um, the point of all of it is for you to take it and through your interaction with the ideas that are in it and through your implementation of the, of the things that are talked about in that course, in your efforts to apply those things to your life or to observe those things happening in your life, 
what we're trying to do is to activate something, expand something that's already existent within you, which is awareness. That's the whole point is to provide a framework for cultivating this awareness because it's not like listening to this podcast is not going to change you. Do you know what I'm saying? There are, th there are changes that are going to occur in you as a result of you changing things that you are doing. That's what's really going to make a huge difference. I mean, it's possible for someone to listen to this podcast or any podcast or read a book or take a course or go to a seminar or have some sort of a strange religious experience or a not strange religious experience and then go back to their daily life and do nothing different and they would get the exact same results. Um, the difference is, what does it take to get you to think, feel, and do differently in the, in, in the moment-to-moment kind of like experience that makes up your life? And I mean, one thing that you were talking about was like that kind of like, the hurrah, you know, and you get really revved up and fired up and I'm going to change my life and I'm not going back and all this different stuff. That's not my style. I'm not into that, you know, because when I was growing up, I, it was, this is the 90s and I saw people in my family buy diet books. I saw them commit to things. We had like 40,000 Tybo tapes that we ordered off of TV. There were so many resolutions that were made and broken. I mean, this was like the as seen on TV, 90 day, 30 day to the whatever you want kind of, you know, it was the it was sort of the decade of nonsense, you know. And there were so many hype-up sessions in my house. Okay, we're going to clean out the pantry. We're going to change all this. We're going to stop using credit cards. We're going to do this and that and the other. And there was this super tense, rah-rah moment of like faux determination. Like, okay, I, I, and, and I understand why it was happening because we didn't know how else to do anything. Like my parents, they didn't, they didn't know how to actually change something about their behavior over time. And so the best thing they could come up with was, okay, let's get kind of radically uh, evangelistically into this program, this course, this idea, this way of thinking, this diet, this exercise regimen, whatever. They thought that was the way that was going to happen. But I watched it as a kid kind of from the sidelines, and I would see that you know Sunday night was the big motivational rah-rah commitment time. Let's have our last pizza. Let's have our last Coke. Let's have our last whatever. Um, and then Monday, everyone would be really into it. And then on Tuesday, you know, it'd kind of be like, I don't, and I would see it kind of slowly fall apart and lose steam. And I see this with personal growth stuff a lot. I see this with spiritual growth stuff that the person gets into it and they really do a lot of hard work to convince themselves it's going to work. This is going to work. This is going to be it. This is going to be the thing. And sometimes that carries on for a while, but the second that like life puts some pressure on you or the second you get into a stressful situation or a situation where your resources are taxed or burdened or whatever, the facade falls away and you revert back to the old habits and then you feel like you're a failure. You know, I'll tell you that like from my personal experience, I did not get hyped up about personal growth when I was going to get into it. I was I want to try this stuff and see if it works. If I have to yell and scream and do some kind of special breathing in order for for this stuff to change how I feel, I'm not willing to do that. We actually do like, you know, special breathing like Wim Hof, you know, but um, that at the time wasn't something I was into. <laughs> My point is like if you have to psych yourself out in order to make it seem like what you're doing to improve what it's like to be you is working, it's, it's probably not working. You know what I mean? Now, if you psych yourself up for, you know, important events because that's a useful thing to do, that's fine. Um, but I think that there ought to be changes. I, I think that like if you're trying to change the way you're thinking, if those changes are effective and if they're real and if they're permeative, right, if they're really kind of pervading your experience and changing who you are at a basic level for the better, then you should be able to roll out of the bed not having had enough sleep under less than ideal circumstances. Maybe you missed your workout the day before and you should still be able to use those tools to feel better and to function better. Like it shouldn't be something that works okay under the ideal best environment. It should be something that works under the pressures of the field. It should be kitchen tested. It should really work well there. And so if you are 
kind of a cynical person or a jaded person, or if you're just not into a whole bunch of like, you know, uh, self-induced kind of mania, you know, um, just approach this stuff soberly. Just just t- test this stuff out. I don't want you to believe any of this. I don't want you to believe that I'm not full of it or that I know what I'm talking about. I would much rather you be skeptical. Keep your BS radar on. I would encourage you to do that. I know a lot of uh, people in this profession that encourage you to actually pay attention to the things that we're talking about. And, you know, don't mistake unfamiliarity with these things not making sense. You know, if it's something you've never thought about before, if if you've never thought in that way before, it may seem unfamiliar to you. But if you take it and you play with it and you test it and you kind of make it your own, see what your version of thinking this way is. It may not be exactly the same as mine. You know, focusing on what you want is probably different than when I focus on what I want. But if you test that out in the context of your life, you can see if it works for you or not. If it doesn't work for you, throw it out and let me know that didn't work for me and this is working better. I'm really interested in what works, not in pushing and shilling some kind of a dogma or rigid kind of set of ideas that you have to conform to in, in its entirety or, or throw out. These are a whole bunch of little techniques that we have found useful for creating shifts in our experience. And there are a whole bunch of te- Another thing that we've noticed is that there are certain ways where people go wrong. So like if, if I share a principle with you about how you can improve your experience, there are, I remember when I said at the beginning, there are certain, there tend to be these patterns by which people make sure that what they're doing doesn't work. And so sometimes we'll share an idea with you and then we'll say, now here's four or five different ways that a person could hear that, think it's a good idea, and then misapply it in a way that creates an undesirable result that leads them to think that this doesn't work or none of this stuff works. But the whole idea is trying it out and testing it, which kind of brings you to the awareness thing, right? So I think that's a word that gets thrown around a lot, too. You hear that a lot. It's awareness. It's all about awareness and awareness. And I was really fortunate. My my first mentor that I had in this area um, gave this amazingly kind of just succinct and, and really just sensible definition of what awareness is. It's It consists of four elements or four particular skills. It's the ability to see yourself doing something as you're doing it. So to see yourself doing something in real time, thinking a thought, feeling a feeling, engaging in a behavior, kind of working yourself up to engage in a behavior, whatever. See yourself doing something as you're doing it and see the consequences of doing what you're doing, the way you're doing it, as those consequences are occurring, right? When you are able to, in a particular area of life, see what you're doing or in a particular moment, see what you're doing as you're doing it and see the consequences of doing exactly what you're doing and exactly the way that you're doing it, as those consequences are occurring, in your internal experience, in your external reality. I'm telling myself that my girlfriend doesn't ever do what I ask her to do. I'm saying that inside my head. And I'm then kind of acting out that conviction in my interaction with her. Do I see how I feel when I tell myself she never does what I ask her to do? And do I see how she responds to me when I behave in a way that's consistent with the belief that she never does the things? If I can witness all of that, what tends to happen is I say to myself, oh my God, like, what I'm doing isn't working. There is this process by which I start to realize that things that just seem like they just were in life, she's just that way, I just feel this way, life is just this, women are, my situation is, these static realities, they start to, my experience of them and my perception of them starts to shift. And I begin to see them not as immutable realities, just that's just the way it is. I start to see them as active and ongoing processes in which I myself am dynamically engaged. I, life isn't happening to me. It's something that I'm doing. And that's a new way of experiencing life. I know it was for me. Um, and as I begin to see that, I, 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 there's this natural consequence. And there is an experience of personal responsibility. So like when I see myself doing something that 
just a moment before I didn't realize I was doing, all of a sudden I become aware of the fact that like that bad result that I'm getting, it ain't just happening. You know what I'm saying? I, she, she, just, she isn't just getting angry with me. She's getting angry with me in response to a very specific thing that I was doing. And when I become aware of the fact that that's true, I experience myself as more responsible for my internal experiences and my external results. Now, the wonderful thing about that is that to the extent that I experience myself as responsible for, not think of myself as responsible, but experience myself as responsible for the results that I'm getting in a particular area. It doesn't happen all at once. It happens kind of gradually in specific situations. I can then start to choose more consciously, right? When I realize that I'm making a choice about, like right now, I've been talking for probably too long, right? And so I just now became conscious of that. It's like, boy, see if you've been going on for a long time. Maybe you should shut up and let Melissa talk, right? I'm now conscious of the fact that I've been going for a minute now. And I can now, I now get the opportunity to make a choice to close my mouth and let Melissa say something. <laughs> and, and, and if I was oblivious, I, I used to talk just as much as I do now, but I didn't realize I talked too much. And so I didn't really even have a choice about it. But now that I'm conscious of that, I can be quiet and let her say something. It's so interesting. As you were describing that, it almost made me think of, and, and this is what the experience is like when you're developing awareness and you're slowing things down and you're noticing. It's like when you're watching TV, it just looks like a static, you know, like you're you're watching it, but it's actually like flashes of like images, like a certain number of like frames per second. And that's how they can like slip in weird subliminal stuff like Hail Satan or like... <laughs> I don't know, weird stuff like sex on the screen and you and you won't even know that it's there because it's happening so quickly. Is this some kind of like 1980s urban myth that says it? <laughs> yes. Um, what was that? That um, hilarious, crazy, I, I watched it and I, I went to a uh, private Christian school and it's called, <laughs> it was called Hell's Bells and it was this... Um, you know, kind of documentary movie about like uh, hard rock and roll music and how it's all, you know, like purely satanic and all the things like if you play it back, I mean, all of that. I think that that reference now suddenly makes a lot more sense to everyone. Yeah. I, I, went, I went to a Christian school that the Hill Satan reference Hail now Satan, suddenly yeah. comes into focus. Um, yeah, but how you can slip things in like that and it will get into the, you know, the subconscious of the individual who's like watching it. Um, but that's how these patterns work, how it's like these little stories that are slipped in where it's like, no, he just did this and I just feel this way that I just where it feels like there literally is no other option. There's no other way to see or feel about the situation. When you start having this range of options, you're like, oh, no wonder that would make me feel this way. I told myself this story. It was just slipped in there effortlessly and I had no idea it was operating there. And so that's why all of this, it is an operating system upgrade for your mind. And that's what you'll get in these podcasts are these little nuggets of useful ways that you can start to like defrag and change the way that your mind operates. You can start to see these programs that are running in the background that are taking up all of your computer space and they're causing your computer to crash and they are creating dysfunction in your day to day. You can't do the stuff you need to do when you've got a ton of like programs running in the back, but you're like, I don't even know how to access those things. Like mm -hmm. if you don't know how to use computers or, you know, and you are, it's, I've, takes me back to like the early 2000s and these computers that would just have all kinds of stuff on them where you literally couldn't even open up your email because there's just so much junk in there. And when you start seeing, oh, there's a, there's a way to access 
this area and to like clean these things out and to see no wonder, no wonder, no wonder this relationship is falling apart. No wonder I feel like crap when, you know, on, on Monday afternoon and I'm like, is this week over yet? No wonder. Mm-hmm. It's because I've been operating these, these programs have been running in my, in my system that are literally sabotaging my life experience. And when you can start to see this, it is, at first it's kind of like, oh God, like, it's really nasty in there and I can't believe all that junk is clanging around. So you'll have this moment of, um, you know, some people have expressed to us like when they start doing this awareness work, it's like it's too much. I, I, I Actually, it's really bad. This, this awareness doesn't work for me because I feel worse when I see what's in there. But I promise you, if you stick with it and if you separate yourself from these experiences, from these stories and you just start to like Go to work one experience at a time, one situation at a time, one, you know, story at a time. You will experience the greatest freedom, the greatest joy, the greatest. You will not feel stuck in anything that used to feel just absolutely unchangeable to you. So I promise you, Mm -hmm. just stick with it. Uh, Give this process a try. Give, you know, this way of life (laughs) a go. And uh, really cool things will start to happen for you. Just make sure you don't listen to this podcast in reverse because then you'll hear all the terrible uh, (laughs) subliminal messages that we put in here to influence you and corrupt your mind. Um, Yeah, that's really, it's it's so true and it's interesting. And the the point for, the point of all of this, as far as I can tell, and this is kind of just maybe an interjection kind of of my philosophy. I don't think I know the right way to live. I don't think I know the right way to, to think. That, that's never been my way of thinking about this stuff. I've always thought of it as here is a way. Here, here, here is a way that you can shift your experience if that's something you want to do. Here's a way that you can change how you think if you think that doing that would be useful for you. Here's a way that you can influence your feelings in a more positive, more useful, more good feeling direction. Not because feeling bad is bad. Not because you don't, you're not justified in feeling that way. Not because it's not normal or natural to feel bad. Not for any of those reasons, but if you as an individual kind of take stock of what it's like to be you, you just notice, you know, you've got this overall kind of just sensation or experience of existing. Consists of thoughts and feelings and behaviors and things you notice and things you don't notice and things that you tend to focus on and get hung up on and things that you tend to be triggered and offended by and all, you know, it's all your business. It's all your choice in the sense that it's not for me to say what you need to change. I'm interested in helping people change in the ways that they want to. And sometimes the way people really want to change is they want to be more okay with the fact that they're not different than they are. That to me is as much a change as anything else. You know what I'm saying? In many cases, it takes, um, it's a more freeing and fulfilling thing for a person to be okay with the physical condition of their body than to change the physical condition of their body. I don't think one is more useful than the other. I would like for you to be able to recognize how capable you are of, of, you know, if you want to, let's say, get in better shape or whatever, to discover your ability to actually get yourself to engage in behaviors that will produce that result for you and have the freedom to feel perfectly okay regardless of what shape your body's in. I think that's real freedom, and that's really what this stuff is about. And like, even when we're talking about responsibility, and that, when we present like a Never Better Life course, there's the, and it, even the stuff we're talking about here, because a lot of what we're talking about here is the course. Um, when I'm talking about, say, being responsible for your experience, your internal experiences, and the external results that you get in your life, when I set out to do this stuff, 
I, I didn't believe that was true. I didn't say to myself, okay, I've got to choose whether or not I'm a victim or whether or not I'm going to believe it's all coming from me and I'm responsible for all of it. I wasn't interested in what was absolutely objectively true. I was interested in what belief, what worldview, what model of reality was going to allow me to create a maximum of what I wanted and a minimum of what I didn't want. And so I said, I'm going to build inside myself an experience of being 100% responsible for as much of what it's like to be me as I possibly can. And the reason that I decided to do that was because it seemed like my best bet in terms of maximizing my personal power, maximizing my efficacy, maximizing my ability to change things about my inner experience and my outer reality in ways that were going to make me happy, make me feel good, that were going to be pleasing to me, that were going to make my life more enriching, more worthwhile, more fun, right? And so that's, I, I want to kind of just emphasize that because I don't think a lot of people who teach this stuff have that kind of perspective. I don't think a lot of religious people have that perspective. I don't think a lot of spiritual new agey people think in that way. Everyone's kind of after the truth, and they want to convince you that what they think is true is true, and they need you to believe it because that'll reinforce their belief in all of this. I'm not interested in really convincing you or anybody else of any one thing in particular. I'm interested in helping you be more conscious with regard to the choices that you are making, if you want, so that you can make those choices in a way that serves you. That's one of, my, again, my first mentor, Bill Harris, um, one of the things that he said, and this is a quote that just like just echoes throughout my mind all the time, you can't do what doesn't serve you and do it with awareness. And when you choose consciously, you always choose what serves you. To the extent that I can make the choices that comprise my life um, consciously, I will tend towards making ever more resourceful choices. And as I make more resourceful choices, I'll tend to generate better outcomes. I mean, all things being equal, sometimes I'm in a tough situation. But if I'm in a tough situation, if I'm disadvantaged, if society is stacked against me, if, 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 the, you know, if, if everything is sort of opposed to my success in this life, I still want to respond as resourcefully as I possibly can. You know what I'm saying? If I'm addressing things that make it an uphill climb for me as part of my life's mission, I still want to respond as resourcefully to the reality that I am facing, whether it's fair and whether I ought to be facing it or not. It's in my interest as an individual, if I'm really concerned with, with maximizing the quality of my experience, to be as flexible as I can to respond as resourcefully as I possibly can to whatever I'm dealing with, whether I should have to be dealing with it or not. That was one of the things, I mean, I remember when I realized that in order to create the life that I want, that one, that one of the key ingredients in my creating the kind of uh, experience and results that I wanted in this life, um, a big part of that was going to be my getting myself to make sense out of responding resourcefully to stuff that I shouldn't have to respond resourcefully to, stuff I shouldn't have to deal with, things that aren't fair. And when I recognize that, like I, I shouldn't have to respond resourcefully to the fact this guy's being a jerk, to the fact that this person seems to be out to get me, to the fact that it's harder for me because of this, that, and the other thing. Once I realize that that's just a part of it, you know what I'm saying? Not that you know we shouldn't do something to try to change those things, but while trying to change those things, let me also go ahead and respond resourcefully to the fact that they aren't already other than they are. That was an immensely liberating thing. And so, so much of what this is about, from my perspective, is about increasing your personal power, your personal uh, freedom. This is, this is all of this stuff is about personal freedom. Like, are you free? Are you free to think something other than what you're thinking right now if thinking that would serve you more than whatever it is you happen to be thinking? I mean, isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Am I free to feel in a way that's going to... Because however I'm feeling right now, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not bad. I need to judge it or criticize it or be ashamed of it or, or feel guilty about it or resist it and suffer over it. I don't have to do any of those things. 
But how I'm feeling at a given moment in time is one of a sort of infinite number of ways that I could actually be feeling. My neurology, my brain is capable of feeling a lot of different things in a lot of different situations. And I'm free to the extent that I can be aware of how I'm feeling, aware of the things that have gone into my feeling that way, because that feeling is not just happening. It only seems like it's just happening if I'm not aware of the stuff I'm doing to kind of feed into it, or I'm not aware of the things that are happening in my world that are contributing to it. But to the extent that I know what something is made out of, if I know what my TV is made out of, my car, if I know the components of it, not in a general way, but in a really specific way, there's the carburetor, there's the this, there's the that, this is the extent of my automotive knowledge. Um, if I know specifically what it's made out of, I can take it apart, I can replace a part, and I can put it back together again. doesn't mean I have to. If you want, you know, if, if it's just feels good just to sit and kind of have a good cry or whatever, or just be frustrated or angry for a while, you're not obligated to make yourself feel positive, but there's a choice. Mm. You got that freedom. And I find that that freedom is everything. And building that freedom inside a person and, and kind of allowing them to access that freedom is so important because it's a prerequisite for everything else. Like if you establish that freedom within yourself, then there's this wonderful blank canvas on which you can really just kind of like create the artwork of your life. You know what I'm saying? Like you can really start to play at like, wow, how can I kind of mold this? How can I mold my experience? How can I persuade myself to do new and different and wonderful things? How can I create an environment around me that inspires me to create even more wonderful things for myself and for other people? That's so good like that. Am I free to think something different right now? Mm. Am I free to feel something different right now? And I can't remember uh, what book or where I read this, you know, something like, 90% of the thoughts that we think are just the same thoughts we had yesterday, that they are on repeat and something like 75% of them are negative. <laughs> and so here we are having, you know, what are this, what are the numbers like 15 to 75,000 thoughts every single day. And they tend to be on a loop. You know, we are highly programmable beings. Like the brain is the most complex supercomputer in the known universe. And so it's like, it's recorded, it's observed, it's uh, absorbed all of the, the programming that you grew up with. And when you see how that's operating your life, I mean, it's no wonder, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because most people don't venture out too far beyond what they were around growing up or they kind of mirror image it and they kind of become kind of like you know the the opposite of their parents but in a very predictable way they have the same uh, type of experience. Maybe they express it a little differently. They mm -hmm. say, oh, I'm nothing like my parents. They're mm -hmm. Republican and I'm a Democrat and they're this and I'm a that. Um, but the essence of the experience uh, is reliably the same. So even if you think you're very different, that you know, when you start looking at the experiential outcome of the way that you are doing life, uh, you will tend to see it's not very different from your parents for the most part. And when you see that and you're like, oh, well, that is not what I want. It's like you got, you need some new input. And that's the cool thing about all the, you know, the avenues where you can get new input to put into your mind. And so that's what this podcast will serve as like really awesome input to help offer up so that you start having new thoughts available. You start having access to new ways of thinking about how you're currently feeling, um, new ways of interacting with people and reacting and responding to things that before seemed like just, you know, hard, crappy facts of reality. And when you start offering your brain these new things and you start kind of like positively reinforcing, making conscious choices, 
the possibilities for you are limitless and endless and and that's really what we want you to get is that that essence of that perpetual improvement. It's like, oh, I can use this here and I can use this here and I can use this here. And you start improving every single aspect of your life experience one thought at a time. And I'm really excited just to, to you know, show you guys some of these cool things because they really truly helped me deconstruct and shift experience in ways I didn't think was possible. I, I told, I, I mean, that's, I don't know if we'll get into at some point or in a different episode, our actual like relationship story oh we'll get into it <laughs> but i told steve i was like i'm just crazy like I, this is just me this is just the way that i am i take it or leave it was it's really the exact words i said to him and you know through this process i i came to see and he convinced me and showed me and walked me through how my personality is a process and it's not this static unchanging fixture of reality it's something it's made up of choices, micro choices I'm making all day long. And when I just learn to make a new choice and have a new range of things available to me, I started choosing better and I started changing true like aspects of my personality. Like <laughs> earlier you mentioned something about, oh, okay, this is not, this is a way, but not the way. I was all about finding the way and then telling everybody else what the way is. I'm a, like, it was very dogmatic in my thinking. And I, and I even, even still the, the tracks of dogma like run deep within me where I, I, I can get onto an idea or something and say, oh, this is the way, you know, like get that evangelical spirit out and um, really want to lead you to the truth. And this, you know, that would have been my podcast before. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you got to change. You got to look at things this way. You got to do this. And, um, you know, I, I did it from a place of this is going to help humanity and this mm -hmm. is going to help the world and help the future and help the children and all of this. Um, but even that can become constraining. Even that, you know, you, you build up this this way of doing life, this way of eating, this way of, you know, uh, your healthy lifestyle. And it can become oppressive. And, and that's the thing about this lifestyle, this mind style, this way of thinking and engaging in life. It's kind of like it's very fluid. It's very flexible. It's very much what serves me as an individual and makes me feel free. And and that's why I think that it's, it's really cool because it's fluid and it's not, you know, set in stone. You have to do it this way or the highway. And, and that's why... I find that it works for most everybody unless, you know, you really are, you know, you like the dogma and you, hmm. you know, you want that structure and you want rights and wrongs and truths and falses. And, um, and some people, you know, they're still at that place where that uh, is that way of doing life feels safest. And that would, that's what it was for me. It was like a safety. Mm -hmm. It was a security. And so when I kind of accepted the free fall <laughs> that is existence, this for me has become just the most fun way of structuring my experience. Well, that's the cool thing about it is that if you're, if someone is consciously choosing to adhere to a set of external rules or to some kind of dogma or something like that, that's fine. I, you know, what I'm interested in doing is not changing what you choose. What you choose, I'm interested in introducing more of your consciousness to the choice-making process. And that is something that is very rare. That's not something that you encounter a lot in, in, in this world because there's a lot of, I mean, I think largely well-meaning people who think it's really important that, you, that like your destiny hinges upon you doing or not doing a certain set of things, thinking or not thinking a certain set of thoughts, believing or not believing a certain set of beliefs. 
And I, I, that's just not my game. I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with going around trying to get people on board with that stuff. It certainly makes the world an interesting place. What I'm interested in for you is, is not that you do or don't do anything in particular. I'm interested in kind of connecting you to more of your internal resources so that, again, the choices that you make are made more consciously so that they are not choices just in name but also in reality so that you can choose what serves you and you can respond resourcefully to what has your attention and you can identify and adopt things that you think are going to help you create more of what you want in life. And I mean, it was just for me, it was like, I don't want to turn everybody into like a positivity automaton. I, you know, I'm not constantly positive. I'm not constantly productive. I act like a clown about probably 70% of the day. I mean, for, you know, and this has freed me up to do that. It's freed me up to be real. It's freed me up to have fun and to act like a complete lunatic when I want to and just bounce off the wall. You know, you told me that you were crazy when we got together. Little did you know, right? Um, and so again, this is just all really about personal freedom. One thing that you said in particular, we have to we're gonna have to come back to this, I think, in a future episode. That whole idea that conscious rebellion is almost always unconscious conformity. That to the extent that I'm pushing against something or moving away from something or disavowing or trying to get away, that I might change the content, I might change the flag, I might change the religion, I might change the social affiliation or whatever. But the experience of being whatever I I, I am carrying that experience on. There's a tradition in this family of a particular experience, and I'm embodying that. You know what I mean? And freedom from awareness of that is huge, and it's oh, yeah. an, and it's an immensely liberating thing. And so. That's what this podcast is going to be about. It's going to be about us and our, I mean, we're probably going to talk a lot about our personal life and, and share just kind of like the reality of who we are because I don't have a professional side because I think that is, I, 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 to be honest, the reason I don't have a professional side is because I don't like being professional. I think it's boring. Um, but I found that my capacity to help people comes from my capacity to be real with them, you know? I don't think that you need to believe in me or in Melissa or in this system or any of that. I don't think you need to have any faith in us. I think that it might be useful for you to be around somebody who doesn't believe in what you can't do. I, I absolutely, like when we got together, I did not believe in your limitations. You did. And that for me is like one of the best things that a person can do for another person is to, is to be skeptical about the things that you aren't capable of doing and the things that you think are wrong with you. I, you know, acknowledge that maybe you feel that way. I'm not going to be as convinced about that, though, as you are, maybe. And I'm going to think, you know, it's that way right now. But what is is not always an assessment of what can be. Um, and just living in, and that's one of the huge things about this awareness stuff, too, is, and, and really it's a component of this personal freedom, is you are right now immersed awash in possibility. Like your your brain, your experience, your there's just so much about you that is just teeming with possibility. And a lot of really learning to create what you want in life and, and, and enjoy the process of doing that and just enjoying the process of existing more and making each moment special and worthwhile, I think is about becoming sensitive to that positivity so that you can sense it there so that it's not something, it's not like a ghost that you, you know, it's sort of like, well, I felt it kind of brushed by, but, but you want to be like, have a palpable sort of sensation of the fact that every moment of your life, possibilities is washing over you to think, feel, and do things you've never thought, felt, or done before. And it doesn't mean you have to take advantage of all of them. It's at your leisure. It's like you're just, you know, if you're kind of just in a in a hurricane of money just flying around. You don't have to grab it all. You just put your hand out and grab a whole bunch of it. That's how I approach this change and stuff. And so that's what this podcast is going to be about. It's going to be about us and how weird and funny we are and how we kind of, you know, improve what it's like to be us. Just enjoying each other's company. Like the things that we've learned how to do, I think they're really useful. We've learned how to not fight all the time. We've learned how to have a business together. We've learned how to have fun together. 
We've learned how to do both at the same time. These are, these are useful skills. And for a long time, we didn't know how to do that stuff. And so we didn't, not because it wasn't possible, but because it never occurred to us that it was possible. And we didn't really sit down and figure out how to do it. You know, the things that you're not doing in your life right now, you're not not doing them because you're not capable of them or because you don't deserve them or you're not worthy of them or because they're impossible. You're probably not doing them because it hasn't occurred to you to do them. It hasn't occurred to you that it's possible for you to actually succeed in doing them. Or you haven't learned exactly how to do it. You haven't figured out exactly what it looks like to start the business, to feel good about yourself, to, to be with someone that you're really happy to be with and to feel like that's totally appropriate. Like you're the kind of person who is with someone they're really happy to be with. You know, you can learn how to do this stuff. If you can learn how to feel inadequate, you can learn how to feel adequate. If you can learn how to feel unworthy, you can learn how to feel worthy. If you can learn how to be bored and complacent and disengaged from life, you can learn how to be excited and engaged and, you know, um, just curious about things. And so this podcast really, I think, is about you. It's about ways that we can increase your personal freedom so that whoever you are, whatever you are, whatever you're doing, you're doing it more consciously and you're doing it for better reasons. Like so that you're doing whatever you're doing for the right reasons. So that you're, you know, if you're if you if you're engaged in some, I don't know, doing whatever it is you're doing in life, you're doing it because you want to be doing it because it's fulfilling. It's going to get you things that you want. If you you know, are the way that you are, you're not that way because you think that you have to be that way or you can't be anything else. Maybe you'll be exactly the same with an awareness that if you wanted to be different, you could. And then you'll be even freer. You'll be exact, you'll look exactly the same from the outside, but inside you'll have that spark and that pep in your step of a person who's free. So that's really what this is about, improving what it's like to be you. Um, in the next episode, you're going to like this one. So I said we're going to be working on relationships this this season. Um, we're going to cover some relationship patterns, um, some specific things that we found really, really useful for getting along better, for improving the quality of each of our experiences in the relationship, and also improving just the overall quality of the relationship itself. This is stuff that, I mean, you see this consistently with the people you work with, right? Mm-hmm. When people are having problems, it's it's because they are violating some of these principles. Um, they probably don't even know about them, and they're not, you know. And people who are doing really well, it's because they're really leaning into them. So you're not going to want to miss that one. I would, I would subscribe to this podcast if I were you, because it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be great. And I think it's going to give you a lot of really wonderful ideas for little things to play with and experiment with. It's kind of put in your back pocket mentally, carry around with you. And just, you know, give you make, make life more fun. I really think life is supposed to be fun. And we're going to show you the ways that we have found most useful for actually really, honest to goodness, doing that in reality, having fun and enjoying life more. Yes, and we want to know the things that you're dealing with. So, you know, part of this podcast is helping to free you from the concerns that are weighing you down. So the relationship problems, we put out a question the other day on Facebook and got a lot of wonderful feedback. So if there is a topic, something that you want us to talk about or a specific thing you'd like us to address, send an email to support at everbetterlife.com and we will do our best to incorporate your question into the show. So thank you guys so, so much for being here. Subscribe. Um, if you want to give us five stars and rate the podcast so other people know that this is a good thing to listen to, please go ahead and do that. And we will see you on the next episode. Thanks.